and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. I hope you all had a lovely Easter weekend. I sure did, other than catching a horrific cold, which you could probably hear in my voice, but it was a really nice time off and packing my house up has been a nightmare, but I'm almost there. I'm moving this Saturday, so next week is going to be pre-recorded. It will come out on time, but I promise you I will not be around. This week, though, we're heading back over to Native American and Canadian folklore for the first time in ages, and we're looking at the horrible monster, the Wendigo. The Wendigo is a monster that most cryptid fans have heard of. It's one of the most popular alongside the big ones, such as Skimwalkers, Slenderman, and Mothman. Wendigo are actually from a specific type of Native American folklore, and that's the Ongoquillan mythology. If you didn't know, it's a group of native people who all speak the same language, but they have many different tribes throughout the US and Canada. So they're monsters from the Americas rather than from America itself. This monster is described as a forever hungry, cannibalistic spirit who wanders the forest in search of victims, kind of resembling some kind of zombie, I suppose. Physically, they are either described as white-furred ape-like beings that can be up to 15 foot tall with huge fangs, tight stretched lips and glowing red eyes, Other descriptions are that of an emancipated, 15-foot-tall, grey-blue zombie humanoid, sometimes with the head of a deer, with rotting flesh falling off its skeletal body, exposing a bright blue, ice-cold heart. Now, don't take my word for it. This is the description by Ojibwe scholar Basil Johnston. The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tauntly over its bones. With the bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion the ash grey of death, its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets, the wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disintered from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from saturation of the flesh. The wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odour of decay and decomposition, of death and corruption. Now, it has a voracious appetite for human flesh, and actually the ability to turn humans into Wendigos themselves. It was considered one of the worst curses within native folklore. They would prowl the forest in places such as the Great Plains regions of the US, which is kind of a basic vertical line through the middle of the US states, the Canadian East Coast, and the Great Lakes region of both countries, which includes the area of Niagara Falls. They would do this eating anything human or animal in their path until they ran out of food, which would then be when they starved to death. And the worst thing is the power it has over people. It's able to mimic people's voices, luring their victim away from civilization into the emptiness of the woods. They can also cause a type of madness which drives the person to cannibalism and murder, so that's pretty wild too. So other than being turned into a Wendigo by a Wendigo, Was there another way to turn into one? Yes. Wendigos were associated with human greed and actually really intense survival tactics. It was said that if you were overtly greedy, you would turn into a Wendigo, 
as the native culture is all about teamwork and community. Another is basically the taboo of cannibalism in the harshest of environments. So if you were to get stranded and one of your fellow hunters died, you would eat them in desperation and you would then be cursed to become a wendigo. Also, you're not meant to talk about them, so as to not summon them to your whereabouts, so as always, I've pretty much, as always, got the biggest target on my back for numerous monsters now, especially if I go to the US, so I wouldn't advise ever talking about them like I am now. But is there a way to defeat them if they did turn up? Yes, you could get a shaman to undo the curse if you can get close enough, and you could apparently pierce its heart with conventional weapons like bows and arrows. Although it is always recommended that you would need to throw their heart into a fire as well, so that it melts away and the curse on them is broken. I would say though, if you do manage to bump into one, I guess, run? It's said that they're quite slow as they're literally rotting flesh in most tellings, but in others, they're immensely fast despite this, so it's kind of in your hands, people. Make the decision then and there. Now we're going to move on to etymology, my favourite bit. The word Wendigo roughly translates into Wintikoa in Algonquian, which means owl, but it also means malevolent spirit or cannibalistic monster. However, it's given other definitions such as the spirit of lonely places and the evil spirit that devours mankind. Though the history behind this monster is really detailed and also quite horrific, the myth goes back hundreds of years in oral tellings, but the first ever written account of them goes back to 1636, when a French missionary lived amongst the Algonquian people for a while and reported back to his boss in Paris, and he said the following, This devilish woman added that the Wendigo had eaten some of the Atacalamaguhin, and these are the tribes that live north of the river that is called Three Rivers, and then he would eat a great many more of them if he were not called elsewhere. But that action, which is a sort of werewolf, would come in his place to devour them up, even up to the French fort, that he would slaughter the French themselves. To follow that, there were reports of Wendigos within the native communities when the Hudson Bay traders started spouting that spiritual leaders from tribes would have started to have fits of religious passion, and therefore use their own monster against them. Unfortunately, the leader would then be killed by their own people just as a precaution, just in case the traders were right. Although, throughout this culture, as I mentioned earlier, it was taboo to be greedy and selfish, and it was certainly taboo to eat other people. And it still is. And unfortunately, it's still the case. Bearing in mind that some of these places would reach up to minus 17 in the winter months, meaning that things like struggling to find food and shelter were particularly difficult, it's sometimes suggested that the reason Wendigos were portrayed as either blue or grey-skinned is because of frostbite, as this was a real threat in these areas. But really, the crux of this monster's creation is very much linked to the idea of natives struggling with hunger and famine alongside the harsh environment in which they lived. Usually, stories of Wendigos are to do with a group of people travelling together who get lost and are forced to eat their fellow tribesmen, but this is more a rumour started by the colonisers of the US. Unfortunately, as we know, the Native American people were displaced by European settlers around the 1500s, meaning they were forced into harsher environments with little food for their tribes, practically sent off to starve or freeze to death in the mountains and forests, which is around the time the Wendigo myth took off, which I think is a little bit too close of a hint. Considering that the Wendigo practically embodies the ideas of natives starving in the cold and being forced to eat their own people in isolation, 
It's certainly a stark comparison and an ever-present issue for native people of the time. And to go alongside this, although the Wendigo is a symbol of unsatiable hunger, as it can never gain weight or satisfaction from its cannibalised meals, this is actually a really interesting thought with cannibalism, as it's said that once you start eating human flesh, it's actually quite addictive and can cause madness, which explains the medical addiction of its origins at least. Although linked to this, there was actually a very real diagnosis back in the early 20th century called Wendigo psychosis, which was a medical condition in which a person was overcome by cannibalistic urges. It was often diagnosed to native people, as white Europeans believed that they craved human flesh and were savages, which as you can guess is unbelievably racist. The term is now considered pseudoscience and it's no longer used officially, it was never actually considered a mental illness in medical journals, thank god. But the most famous case of this was actually in 1879, when a man called Swift Runner killed and ate his children, and he claimed that he was possessed by a Wendigo at the time. Which is awful, and if you fancy looking up the case, be my guest, I'm not going to go into details about it. But what we can pull from all that is that the Wendigo myth is closely linked to food and the land and actually the reduction and appropriation of this by European settlers. With them came starvation, famine, frostbite and isolation and personifies the monster that is insatiably hungry for more with no thought for anything else. But before we move on, Wendigos are kind of still seen to this day, mostly around the Great Lakes areas deep in the woods and the myth actually continued well into the 20th century, so they are still massively feared within native communities, and I'm pretty sure we should be on edge about these monsters too. Or are we the monster in history's pages, us over here as colonisers of the native lands? Who knows? Now on to cultural significance for art this week, there's nothing specific or kind of old based on this, I would really recommend looking at independent art for this one actually, as some of the art is amazing, super creepy, the stuff I used to advertise this week is all independent, really cool, recommend as always. For movies, we have a few of them this week, such as Devil in the Dark, Ghost Keeper, The Lone Ranger, Dead Time Stories, Antlers, Dark Was the Night, Don't Say Its Name, Man Eater, The Retreat, Dawn of the Beast, Wendigo, the Lost Coast Tapes, Ravenous, The Rake, and Pep Cemetery. In TV, we've got loads too. We've got Charmed, Digimon, Lost Tapes, Fear Itself, The Edison Twins, Grimm, Hannibal, The Forest Rangers, Blood Ties, Haven, Supernatural, Team Wolf, DuckTales, The Incredible Hulk, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, Transformers, Robots in Disguise, Wolverine and the X-Men, Legend Quest, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, X-Files, Sleepy Hollow, and Rabbitfall. There's actually loads on there today. For video games, again, we've got absolutely loads, so I hope you're ready. It's Bloodborne, Gems of War, Final Fantasy, Dusk, Fallout, Diablo 2, Dead Space 3, Ghostmaster, Hexen, Kona, Outward, Shin Megami Tensei, Until Dawn, X2, Wolverine's Revenge, X-Men Arcade, World of Warcraft, Warcraft 3, The Secret World, The Legend of Dragoon, and Spooky's Jump Scare Mansion. For my book recommendation this week, I'm popping in a Wendigo-specific book with Wendigo Lore, Monsters, Myths and Madness by Chad Lewis and Kevin Lee Nelson for all spooky tales around this monster and actually really good look at the mental diagnosis that people were given. 
And I would also recommend Native American Myths, collected 1636-1919 by Rosalind Curvin for general native folklore tales which are always a joy to read if you're into this kind of folklore. Now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? That was a bit of a push by sore throat. Now for this one, I would like to say, like the Skimwalker one, it's quite tricky to say yes or no, as it's quite written into the folklore of native people, and who am I, as a white person, to sit here and say they don't exist? Although I am wholeheartedly behind the idea of the Wendigo being a representation of native people being isolated, starved and frozen in the barren woods of the Americas, it is a horrible comparison, but it certainly backs up the actual folklore and history behind this monster's origins. Personally, I think the European invasion of the Americas was an absolute tragedy, and the treatment of native people to this day makes me unbelievably angry, so that's my 10 pence on it. I will be honest, I was very hesitant to do this one, as the whole no talking about it kind of thing, and as it's a native monster, I don't want to disrespect any cultures by talking about them, but I have made sure that all of my research always comes from the people of the cultures mentioned, and not invasive researching methods, and it's such an unbelievably interesting monster with such a rich history that I really wanted to cover it, and just generally bring awareness, I suppose, to that kind of issue. But what a horrible monster. I've probably attached about a million monsters to me at this point in my podcasting career. So what's another one on my conscience, I suppose? Next week, we're heading back over to Persia for the first time in a while. And we're looking at the legendary Manticore, which will kill you in about five different ways. So come prepared with your sword and shield next Thursday. For now, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you're listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at mythmonsters.co.uk, and you can always find us on Good Pods and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast. Come join the fun, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky. I'll see you later, babes. Bye.